0: The matchup we have been waiting pretty much eight months for is finally here. Welcome into the Winning Place podcast. Brian Robb joined by Michael Pina here. Rich Levine out on location scouting uh, for the 2019 draft. He's going to report back to us next week. Um, but in the meantime, we have a huge series to break down between the Celtics and the Bucks. Uh Before we get into that, please... Subscribe to the Winning Plays podcast, rate us, review us, um, give us a follow at Winning Plays Pod. It's been awesome interacting with you guys on there and every little um, review and rating helps. So thanks so much for that. This series does not start until Sunday, Mike, but I don't mind that, honestly, because this series, I feel like, is worthy of a very big deep dive because there are so many variables in play and we're going to get into a lot of that X factor starting lineups, ranking the players in the series predictions. We're going to get into all that in the next 45 plus minutes here. But I think that the easiest place to start, Mike, the, 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 the main event, if you will, who's going to start for the Boston Celtics because you could convince me to go in forward five different directions here.
1: Yeah, this, this is a, a huge question. Uh, you know, obviously the Celtics are built to be as adaptable as possible and they can make changes on the fly and they can, I'm like, my guess is that the the game one starting five will not be the same as say the game three starting five, Mm -hmm. assuming that, you know, the Celtics split or lose both in in Milwaukee, whatever happens. Uh, I mean, if there's so many, uh trade-offs here with whether you start big whether you start small Horford at the five whether you start someone like Shemi whether you start Gordon whether I mean there's just there's a bajillion different things that you can do um and you know this morning I I know we're gonna have a conversation about Giannis that is a a big chunk of of this playoff preview because he is going to an MVP I assume and arguably the best player in the world. He's definitely the best player in this series. And so I think how the Celtics defend him uh, is, I mean, that's, that's it right there. Almost. uh, In my opinion, it's a huge, huge, huge subplot and how they defend him relates directly to who they start. And I think who they start is, you know, that, that ties to what Brad wants to do with his defense. So, I mean, the first the first iteration that I I keep coming back to, even though it struggled in the first round is the starting lineup that was so successful down the stretch of the regular season with Baines at the five. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I come to that conclusion that Brad will start with that lineup is I watched a ton of, I watched every shot that Giannis took against the Celtics this season. And First of all, Baines missed uh, two of the games. He only played 15 minutes against right. the Bucks this season. Was um, that
0: the, the first game you played in? Yes, yeah. yes.
1: Right. Um, he was a minus four in that game, only played 15 minutes. Um, but every single, like, Giannis was 29 for 44 in the paint. He lived in the paint in three games against the Celtics this year. And even with, you know, with Shemi on him, Shemi uh, spent a good time. Um, Marcus Morris was as physical as possible. Uh, Gordon spent a little bit of time unsuccessfully. Al Horford obviously was a a big uh, primary defender, uh, but even he struggled defending this guy. I, I just think his game has gone to a different level and you need as much... Like what he wants to do is, is get into the paint and he wants to finish at the rim. And I just think... At the end of the day, that you need as like you need as much size as possible if you're going to beat this guy. I used to think that the jumper, you know, you can easily force him to shoot, and and the playoffs are different. And I'm I'm less and less believing that. The more film I watch, the more you know. Just watching the first round, he lived. Like, obviously, transition is a different thing, but he lived in the open floor. He got to the basket whenever he wanted. Even when someone like Andre Drummond was his primary defender, he could blow by him. Uh, and you know, I think the Celtics have a better defensive, have better defensive discipline than the Pistons, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> uh, particularly in the half court. But I just, I just like stopping Giannis. Like everyone talks about the three point shooters, I think stopping Giannis
0: at the rim is the priority. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. Like, the Baines question to me is a fascinating one, because on the one hand, you have obviously oh, the success this team has had down the stretch of the season with that duo in place. I worry, though, with Baines. I mean, offensively, he obviously lets the Bucks off the hook to a degree if he if you start him, um, since that gives Lopez a place to, to hide. Um, defensively, though, I worry that he's not quick enough to stay with Giannis in, like... Even, like to cut off the angles. I feel like he's slipped slightly there this year. He's still very good. But like, you know blocking off that first step and obviously transition stuff worries me with Baines and as does the fouling. Like and so obviously you're not gonna need Baines in crunch time, but I I fear with that the the trade off on the offensive end and obviously the switching too if Baines has to, you know, Spends, you know they have he's not guarding Giannis on a possession because transition then having him on any other anyone else on the floor is a problem from perimeter shooting defense wise so I think getting away from that I would think would be a something that would be Brad would want to look for
1: yeah I mean I don't know I I don't think that necessarily I would have Baines as Giannis's primary defender but I I like
0: Lopez well, that's scary, man. That scares me a lot.
1: It's definitely, it's tr- it's tricky, obviously. I mean, you know, you could get really funky and you could put him on someone like Sterling Brown, Ooh. but I don't, I'm just, that. that's not, a, that's not yeah. like a, that realistic <laughs> of an option. Um, yeah. No, I just, I, when I, when I think of having Baines on the floor, I think of him, you know, shrinking the court. And being at the elbows, uh, helping dramatically off of Lopez. I think Lopez is the bellwether player in this series. We're going to talk about him a lot. I think Um, you know in the first round, really interesting stat: the Bucks were plus ninety-eight with Lopez on the court, and they were minus three with him off the court, which was best for it was the widest margin for any player on that team. Uh, he is so important, and as important as his his spacing is, and his rim protection is, and how important it is for the Celtics to get him off, play him off the floor. I'm I'm increasingly more afraid of Giannis at the rim than anything. I think, so that's why I would so have Baines. Great. That's why it's I'm so, I, Everything you're saying makes so much sense, and I agree with all of it. But I think the, the the number one thing that you have to you have to pick something that you want to take away. And I think that Giannis at the rim is what you want to take away.
0: Right. Which, again, makes sense. yeah, so we the track record for this Celtics so team all year long is like a real inability to defend the paint well when they don't go big or they tend small. I was encouraged against the Pacers on that front. Even when Baines is out of the game, how will they defend it down low there? Obviously, the Pacers are a far easier team to defend against given their offensive woes, but it seems like they had made some pretty notable gains. Guys played a lot better individually um, on the perimeter to keep guys out of the paint. Um, But to me, like you brought up Brooke Lopez there and getting, playing him off the floor. I am very curious to see what Brad Stevens is going to prioritize more. Like the rim protection that you're talking about, or even just defense period, which would be, you know, starting Shemi to have a more mobile defender on, Giannis at the gate and obviously to take some wear and tear off Al who will spend a lot of time on him or just trying to play Lopez off the floor immediately. And in order to do that, you start Marcus Morris, you start Gordon Hayward. And that puts the Bucks in a situation where you've, there's nowhere to hide Brooke. You got five good shooters on the floor that can all dribble or pull up. And that could be, Obviously, in Game One, the Celtics set up record for threes. Um, with that kind of alignment, and they, with everyone kind of playing better now down the stretch, including Gordon, obviously, that could be a, a recipe for picking the Bucks apart.
1: That's an interesting one. I mean, they would they would probably put Lopez on Morris. You would imagine and right. do what the Sixers did last year with Embiid. And I mean, if you're Bud. Are you losing sleep with that matchup? I don't I don't know, like letting Marcus Morris shoot threes,
0: you know? I mean, he like, was if they're wide open, like as long as it is. It is a gamble for like he's what 37% of the year. He had a real tough second half, but like he made a few big open ones against the Pacers, like if they're wide open, I kind of like the odds there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it is really interesting. I, I I wouldn't be. I mean, if you do that, so then you kind of open yourself up elsewhere, right? Like, who is defending Middleton? Gordon?
0: Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I'm not talking. I would think Gordon or Marcus Morris to start, not both of them. So you're. Oh, okay. If, I got you. Yeah, that's what um, uh. So like you're just picking a picking a a, a more offensive minded player at the four. Gordon obviously can play both ways. Um, the Middleton, I feel like, again, Gordon might be the best guy for him in this series, but Jalen starting on him is probably where they're going to go. It's hard to see that you know switch being made as well. Even though, I talked to Jalen this week, um, and he wasn't positive whether he was starting or not as of a couple of days ago. So, so if you want to get really if you want to get really crazy, Mike, like I wouldn't hate something like a double switch where you start Gordon and Shemi and and sit down Jalen and Baines and then you're just like versatility everywhere. Um with obviously more creation, more ball hailing on the forward to help Kyrie out with Gordon. That yeah, that is uh that's really interesting as well. I mean, you. But I'd say you want to keep Gordon for the handle of the ball for the second unit. You know, I, I kind of don't think Brad will go to that because I think he likes the safety of having Gordon off the bench. Exactly. I think, like, you
1: you can't sacrifice too much offensively. Or I should. I mean, you can't sacrifice too much uh, defensively. I think. like. I don't know, like what, it, like I just keep coming back to, what is the play here in terms of, do you want to overload the defense or or gung ho on offense right. against a team that had one of the best of both during the regular season? So what, what are you
0: what what's better? Like, what are you more scared of, their offense or their defense, for the Bucks?
1: offense. I'm more afraid of their offense personally. Right. I think their defense is is is, uh it's obviously it's fearsome and Giannis is an all defensive force and very terrifying and I I, I mean he's that 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 part of his game is really going to be put to the test I, I think in this series, depending on who uh who is matched up against him. Um but this kind of goes back to like everything almost in the series goes back to Lopez for me. And you know, the strategy that they've had all year is to drop him really deep into the paint and, you know, coax floaters and pull-ups and, um, uh, you know, not help too much off the perimeter and give up threes to, to, to bad three point shooters. And I just, I don't think that, that strategy is built for the postseason against a really good offensive team, or at least a really talented one. And I think that the Celtics, I I don't think it will be as hard. I mean, I've talked to some people who just don't, aren't really buying what I'm saying, but I don't think it's that hard for the Celtics to play Lopez off the floor. I just, I really don't. And, but
0: I don't think they can do that with, I guess you're not going to do that maybe with, with Baines. I guess it's, it depends how aggressive, if Brad wants to get aggressive, I think you don't start bans on that front if you really are serious about getting Lopez out.
1: Part of the reason why I want to start bans is it's just like a tone setter. Like I I don't yeah. I'm not a fool. I don't think that they're going to spend a majority of the series with two bigs. That's right, for stupid. Sure. Like they're going to play during the regular season against the Bucks, you know, I we we have this uh this uh image in our our outline for for this episode but like a majority if not all of the lineups, the top 5 lineups that the Celtics played against the Bucks this year were We're small with Horford or Baines at the five exclusively. And it just, it puts a lot of pressure on Horford to from the gate, have him guard Giannis or have him be the primary, you know, weak side help on drives where Giannis is blowing by Tatum or Jalen or whoever, you know what I mean? So like, uh, you, you don't want Horford in foul trouble early. You don't want all these different bad things to happen from the jump. You don't want Giannis to get into this crazy good rhythm or build his confidence. So that's why like, I I, I, I can see why the Celtics will play Baines and Horford to start, just to kind of set the tone, set the pace of the game, uh, settle things down right away. Because that place is going to be rocking. And uh, so that's my, that's my calculus in, in thinking that way. But... But no, I mean, again, like, I think that, you know, they'll run a ton of, you know, uh, uh, high pick and roll with Kyrie. We haven't even mentioned Kyrie yet, which is <laughs> pretty interesting, but a ton of high pick and roll with Kyrie and Horford until, you know, uh, the Bucks are, are forced to really switch up their pick and roll strategy. And, uh, you know, I can see Bud putting Lopez elsewhere and taking him off Horford and, and really forcing the Celtics to hunt him with different players, but I think the Celtics are skilled enough at every position where they could play, you know, they could play Gordon, Tatum, and Morris, Kyrie, and Horford, and there's really, you know, I we Morris might not be the guy, there might be some other option there, but... Maybe Jalen. Yeah,
0: Jalen. will be like one of those two guys, depending on who saw it.
1: Yeah, just coming up, sprinting up, setting screens for uh, – high screens for Kyrie 30 feet from the basket and letting him cook with momentum. Um, I think that – I just don't know how Lopez stays on the floor, and I don't know why that's like a semi-controversial thing to say. But no. I'm you okay. agree with me?
0: No, I agree. I mean, that's – I agree. Like, I think that's going to happen in all – that's going to be the, the goal of all these games, whether or not it happens or not. Depends on how hot the seas are from three. I feel like in a big way since they're gonna get a ton of open looks in this series. But to your point, um, going back to just defending Giannis and the starters for does I agree with everything you said. Like I, you want to take the pressure off of Al early. Um, you want to set the tone. I feel like Shemi might be able to do that better out of the gate than Baines from a just a defense perspective, and I guess. If you're going to use Shemmy in the series, which they clearly are, I think it's easier to hide him offensively with Kyrie and Al on the floor and Tatum, obviously, um, than it would be with any of those guys resting and have them coming off the bench.
1: Yeah, you still let – like that – Lopez would still guard him, though. Right, I mean – And they'd let him shoot. Right, so So
0: can they – yeah, I mean, do they – I mean, you, they went to Shemmy for the last three games of the first round last year, but he has played, and he started for Jalen Brown in Game One this year. No one played in Game Two really, and he came off the bench in Game Three. But his minutes load was not that big. He obviously's only played between 15 and 20 minutes in all those games. So I don't, I'm by no, he's not going to have as big as a role as he did in last year's series because the Celtics have Gordon Hayward now, and you don't need Shemmy well, usually. and the Bucks have
1: Lopez. They don't have Jabari Parker, you know, like it's just a different team.
0: But can Shemi, like, I guess, does Shemi kill you enough on offensively where you have to stay away from him against like the starting five? I'm not sure. No, I don't
1: don't think so either. And that wouldn't surprise me if he were to start Uh, looking at some of the matchup data, Giannis shot 70% in the regular season in 40 possessions where Shemi was defending him. Only 7 for 10, but, you know, that's interesting, I guess. But
0: but I also like, I mean, Al, and, Al wasn't in that second game. Like, that second game, I feel like it threw out the window, like, to a degree. Sure, and it's like, the regular season. It's the regular season. Yeah. Like, take I mean, ser-
1: take all this with a grain of salt.
0: And, for and, sure. And, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, like, look at last year. Like, he made in like, Giannis is better than last last year, but, he, but Shemi was the Celtics' best defender on Giannis last year.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, the thing is like with Shemi, so this kind of goes into a different question that I was thinking about when I was watching how the Celtics defended him on film during this regular season. And, you know, the, 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 the lack of a jump shot, which by the way, Giannis is taking jump shots now, he's taking threes, he's taking pull up threes. it's very scary. Not all of them are going in Yeah,
0: it's 23.5%. But, yes.
1: But he's taking them, which is a step, the very scary step in the right direction. Um, but you know, with a guy who can't shoot a lead ball handler who can't shoot, you know, your Rondo's your Ben Simmons do you, do you sag dramatically and, let them see the floor, let them be in space, let them get a full, uh, uh, get momentum on a drive towards the rim? Or do you crowd them at all times and try to take their dribble away and really force them to, to drive and you can maybe funnel them into help? Um, I think that the, 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 the question there and the trade offs in that question are really interesting because watching the film, almost every time Shemi defended uh, Giannis, uh, in isolation, you know, he was like up in his chest. And it was very, it was kind of jarring to see because you would imagine that they would let, rather have him drop. You know, Al right. drops a little bit more and he kind of backpedals and he just kind of plays angles and tries to guess with which way Giannis is going. I don't I don't think you can do that anymore. I think Giannis has taken a a, a leap to a different level where you know, you give him any room at all and he's just going to go over you. He's going to go by you. He's going to go through you. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's the, the, the strategy there. What are your thoughts on just physically? How would you like defend? Would you be yelling if you're Brad Stevens, are you yelling, get up? Are you yelling, drop back? What are you, what are you saying when Giannis has the ball?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm giving him some room. Like, and I, I guess I'd tell you why I like having. You know, I feel like Al's mobility has gone down a little bit this year, defensively. Um,
1: against a guy whose mobility is right against, all time. <laughs>
0: right, so so that makes me want to see Shemi a little bit more on him, at least out of the gate. And if I'm Shemi, I'm giving him, you know, I'm making him. I'm not letting him shoot uncontested, but I'm also thinking more about the drive than obviously his jump shot and trying to cut him, make him go left, make him go into traffic. And then figuring out like where you can possibly get help with on the floor. Like, you know, whether it's off a of Sterling Brown's man, um, which is probably going to be Kyrie, like, you know, obviously with Brooke Lopez on the floor, you're not going to have Al down there to help you out as much. And that's going to be, and that again, plays into why it's pretty important for this team to play Lopez off the floor to like get rid of that gravity. But I guess the problem is Mike too, like they have the bucks. I think this will kill them on the other end to a degree, but you have, you know, their whole backup bigs are all like, you know, it's Miritich, it's Ilya Silva. It's all these stretch fours that love to shoot the open threes. So you can feast on those guys on offense for your Celtics, but you really can't help off anyone and feel good about it. Um,
1: no, I mean that's why they won a million games this year. They like they create humongous problems for you. Um I, I like I you didn't even mention uh what's his face? DJ Wilson
0: who right. I thought he didn't play much against the Pistons, right? He was
1: No, and I think that that was an all intentional. I really yeah, do. I think, I, think that, I do think they're hiding him. I think that Bud saw what he could do. There was a stretch during the regular season where he absolutely tore it up in lineups with Giannis at the five, or, or Giannis was playing the five, he was playing the whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he shelved it for the playoffs. I, mm-hmm. I, this is just a theory of mine because, you know, you look at, like, Buck's Twitter, I remember when, when DJ was benched for Ilyasova, Like, I wrote about it at the time, but Buck's Twitter was, like, going bananas, and just like, oh, this makes no sense, and it's like, it does make no sense, but there has to be a reason for it, and, like, I you know, Ilya Silva is not complete trash defensively. He takes about 17 charges a game, so there's value in that, and he's a better shooter than DJ Wilson, and...
0: uh, Can DJ Wilson, like, does he have a... I know he shot, like, 36% from three, but, like, where do you... Like confidence wise, do you want him? That's the guy you help off of, obviously. I would. That's
1: think. the guy you help off of, but I think he's he's a good enough shooter. I mean, he's a good enough shooter. I will say, but he's not on Miretic or Ilya Silva's level. But the sure. reason why you play him, obviously, is then you can get really really funky with your defense, mm-hmm. and you know he's a freak athlete. So you could you could put. Uh, Giannis on Horford, and or you could put, let's say, just hypothetically, uh, Giannis on, on Kyrie. Let's say, last five minutes of a close game, I'm gonna put Giannis on Kyrie and I'm gonna put DJ on Horford. Then, every high screen, you know, you could easily switch that, I feel like, and be pretty solid. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd want to shrink the floor and help in and help on drives when Kyrie inevitably got by him, but those guys are really athletic and they're springy and they, you know, it's just a lot of versatility on the floor, not even close to, it's just a different look than what Lopez provides, which is absolutely none of that. Um, So I think, I think Wilson is also a really interesting uh, piece in this series. Um,
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, that's in terms of there's no one, like you said, there's, the Celtics will go after at least over and mirror titch a ton on offense. They Wilson cover that up covers that up for them. Like he's, he's good in that area. And so you don't, if you're playing Marcus Morris or someone like, you know, or even, I mean, Hayward could obviously provide some problems at the four, um, but Wilson's not a liability there. And that could all, that could be a turning point in this series in terms of how the, you know, what kind of they are rolling with?
1: And uh, I just really want to quickly mention this because it's something I've been thinking about a ton. But you know, with Lopez in the game, if you were to go small and put, uh, I don't know, whoever you, whatever wing or maybe even Marcus Morris on him, uh, it's really interesting. Like we we look at Brook Lopez now as this uh, Splash Mountain. Uh, 62% of his shots are threes. He's hitting 30 footers regularly, mm-hmm. but I mean, you and I are old enough to remember when Brook Lopez was a feared presence in the post. And yep. if you look at his numbers inside the arc this year, he's been—it's you know, obviously a lower volume, but he's still pretty damn good with the game that he had in another lifetime. So it's just like. Like we haven't seen any of that yet because the Bucks haven't been forced to, to use him in that way. But I think all of that is just really interesting, and the Bucks have a lot of more a lot more I think uh, buttons to push than people are assuming.
0: For sure, and I think the Celtics are going to dare the Bucks to go do that at points when they play Hayward and Tatum and Horford together, and Horford's on Giannis, so Hayward or Lopez is going to guard Lopez and essentially dare them dare him to post up and, so
1: is there anyone else you think can guard Giannis on this team obviously for, with a ton of help but
0: yeah anyone I mean, else
1: you're comfortable throwing
0: on him honestly i if you're gonna rank who you want i who i want on Giannis in this series like one would probably be shemi two is horford and then did mm. the, the i don't think hayward i don't want hayward on him much it's going to happen H- obliterated yeah but it that was it was myself. also October that's true so like I mean, true. but he's also I still think he, like he obliterated Jalen in February so like I think Baines is probably your third best option and Mook like he'll put up a fight but I don't you know that's it's going to happen but I don't think that's going to go well when it does.
1: You need, yeah, you need multiple bodies. And if I'm in the Celtics, what I want to do is force Giannis to be a, a, a playmaker. That's like yeah. number one on the whiteboard. That's the goal of the series. I think um, that's a, you know, you could debate that point and say, you want to take away the three point line, but I would rather Giannis be a playmaker than anything else.
0: And so here's what and just moving on. The, if you look at the the Celtics are pretty heavy underdogs in this series, Mike. which um, the, the odds are out on it. And if you're interested in getting into those odds, you can head on over to betonline.ag and over there it's, you can, you can get all the action for any NBA playoff lines, the odds, live betting, virtual casino, you name it. Online AG is CLNS's preferred sports book online. If you're feeling lucky and wanna support the Winning Plays pod, just head on over there. Head on over to clnsmedia.com slash winning plays. Use promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign up bonus. That's CLNS50 at betonline.ag, your online sports expert. So the odds are out, Mike, if you are interested in wagering here, But for for game one, the Celtics are seven and a half point underdogs. And for the series, they are plus 235. So you obviously have to bet, um, if you bet a hundred bucks, it's a pretty good return there. I think I like those odds for the Celtics after watching all the video, especially since Malcolm Brogdon's status is uncertain, which I think is a sneaky underrated storyline in this series right now because there he is a Celtics killer he is an elite three point shooter Tony Snell also very good three point shooter who's coming back from an ankle injury and the Bucks shooting in the backcourt I feel like is sketchy after those guys and so I think that's where the Giannis hub could potentially come from and you get away with it there if again, Brogdon and Snell aren't playing or just aren't their selves.
1: Brogdon is pretty critical. 50-40-90 um, guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he diced up the Celtics this season. He's diced them up in the past. I was at that game when he hit that uh, buzzer beater over, I don't know if it was a buzzer beater, over Avery Bradley. And sure. Bradley's defense was like, you know, it was like he was inside the jersey. And so Brogdon is, you know, he's a bit of a Celtics killer. Very talented player. He'll attack a closeout and finish at the rim. I think he's a pretty solid defender too. He's a real sturdy guy. Um, It's a huge plus. To I don't think he's as important. uh, You know, I guess Bucks fans would probably argue this, but um, I don't think he's as important to the Bucks as Marcus Smart is to the
0: Celtics. So yeah, I was I was asked this question. I disagree. Really? For this series. Not in general. I think Smart's more important to the Celtics as a whole. Mm-hmm. For this series, I think Brogdon's a bigger loss than Smart if he can't play. Because his three-point shooting combined with his ball handling and craftiness like, gives guys like Tatum big problems getting to the hoop. For sure. Like, the Celtics... I mean, and, and this is maybe me being rely believing in Terry Rozier more than I should, but I think it's easier for the Celtics to get away with not having Smart than it would be for the Bucks to get away with not having Brogdon. That's uh, that's interesting. Um, just because the Bucks don't have as many good guards that like you know, that I'm not scared Bledsoe too in this series. That's the guy I want making trying to make too many plays again or taking too many threes. Like I think that's. I think that's the guy who's going to get the most open looks um, when it comes to the perimeter.
1: Yeah, and I... Uh, so would you call him the X-Factor for the Bucks in the, in the series?
0: Yeah, if if Giannis is... I mean, excuse me, if if Brogdon can't go, then I think Bledsoe, the series kind of turns with Bledsoe. And to a lesser degree, like Connaughton and Sterling Brown, but um, I think Bledsoe is... You know, all those guys are... I think those are the guys... The Celtics are going to say, you're going to have to beat us.
1: Hmm.
0: Is that a good idea? Do you like, do you think that's smart? Or do you think Bledsoe's kind of turned the corner here after like a, a, a series that gave him nightmares that Terry Rozier is probably like haunting his dreams for <laughs> months? <laughs> the, uh, yeah, that series is, uh, it feels
1: like, it feels like a lifetime ago. I don't know from just watching how he performed during the regular season this year, because I mean Bledsoe had a really good season. And sure. I mean, maybe we should. Do you want to get into the? Because uh, I
0: feel like we haven't even talked the rankings. To... Yeah, the rankings. Yeah, rankings well, are fun. absolutely. This is we should definitely do this because there's we haven't talked about a few guys yet. Yeah. And they all deserve attention. So Mike had the great idea of going through just the top ten players in this series for both teams, just ranking them. And, um, yeah, Mike, I think you're, you can feel free to start at the top, I guess, if you want, and then we can get, or either way, however you want to spin it.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we've, we've, as you said, we've mentioned a ton of these names already. Um, my number one, I think either, this is kind of a a mashup of most important and best players. So super, uh, professional here and straightforward, (laughs) Um, but number one, I think no brainer is Giannis. Uh, he, you know, if he, they can lose if he plays well, sure. Uh, and I expect him to play really well, but he's the best player in the series. And if he's, you know, averaging, you know, he's probably going to average upwards of 40 minutes if it's a competitive series. Only play only averaged, he averaged 40 in last year's games, seven game series. And 28 in the first round so i mean they've basically been blowing teams out all season his his minutes shouldn't be that big of an issue he's gonna play a ton he's a force on both
0: ends is there how much do you think he's gonna play how much do you think bud's gonna push there like 38 40 i
1: i mean this is it's so funny because this should not be the second round but you have to factor in the fact, like there's two more rounds after this, if you're the bucks and you have to look ahead, but at the same time, this is a serious opponent. You can't. So I would like, if I had to bet, I would say his, at the end of this series, he will average more than 40 minutes per game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would be kind of surprised. If not, the plus minus on the season is exactly zero for what it's worth against the Celtics. (laughs) Um, so you agree, Giannis is number yeah, one. I think, oh, yeah, I'll the guy who's probably check. the best player in the world. Cool. <laughs> um, so number two for me, uh, Kyrie, and I think this is a good opportunity to talk about him.
0: Uh, Kyrie. Well, let's talk about him versus Bledsoe, like that matchup. Sure. Like, that's- are you gonna put Kyrie on Bledsoe? Like, do you want to talk, or do you want to start with his offense?
1: Yeah, let's talk about his
0: offense first because
1: his ability to hit really difficult shots. uh, And, uh, you know, I have a a stat here that is that, you know, uh, in the postseason so far, only two players have isolated more than Kyrie Dame Lillard. And of course, James Harden and Kyrie has been really good in isolation so far in the playoffs. Um, I would imagine that, we're going to see him go up a level in this series. We're going to see, uh, you know, assuming that Lopez plays a, a good amount, uh, Kyrie will be the reason that Bud is constantly thinking about subbing him out of the game. He is the the guy who uh, will attack that drop coverage with floaters and, uh, like, you know, he gets to the basket and has tricky finishes. His pull-up game is on point. Uh, you, like, don't be surprised if screens are set for literally 40 feet from the rim to give him a, heads, a head start, similar to the way that the Blazers and the Rockets treat Harden and, and Dame uh, and, and other teams treat their lead ball handlers who are really crafty. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... I would imagine that just talking about the matchup with Bledsoe really quick that Bledsoe will I think his primary focus heading into this series is shutting Kyrie down and just not scoring. I think like his mindset needs to be I'm going to fight over every screen, I'm going to bother every shot, contest everything. I'm going to be as physical as possible when Kyrie's trying to get free off the ball. Uh, I'm going to deny, I'm going to pick him up full court. I mean that's that's the value that – that's why they're paying this guy, honestly. Um, and I think that no one can guard Kyrie, but if anyone can, then like I think it's Bledsoe. So this this is just really going to be fascinating.
0: It will be. Like, I don't know. After last – the fact that he – Terry Rozier played him last year, Mike. And Kyrie Irving is a lot better. So, like, I, I'm trying to figure out if, if Bledsoe is, like, a regular season guy that doesn't that, he played, I don't know if he was a played well in the first
1: round I will say
0: against Reggie Jackson. Dominated Reggie Jackson. Like Reggie Jackson, <laughs> I feel like that's like the worst point guard in the playoffs. Like usually, <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Like, <laughs> Sorry. It's it, it's it's reminiscent of I'm trying to I mean we, we we talked off earlier about um like just teams that look like monsters in the regular season and then you know, continue to look like that in the first round. And it's just like, of course they're going to kick the shit out of the Pistons. Like the, like the Atlanta Hawks are kicking the shit out of the Pistons on the random nights of the regular season. Like, so it's, they're probably feeling all good about themselves. But when the tough got going last year, Bledsoe kind of, he was terrible in that series, like straight up. So he's obviously better than that, but like how much of it is, That his stuff just translates, you know, he's going to be ready to get to the level that Kyrie's on. Like, I'm skeptical of that. Last year was really funny because a part of
1: why he played so poorly was that his effort was not there, which Mm -hmm. has been an issue for him throughout his career. And you didn't really see that this year. So I don't know. Like, obviously. Is that a coaching thing? Is that a bud thing? Well, I was about to say, like. Like the, there's a lot of, a lot of important things are different this year. And, uh, you know, offensively his life is, it's just a completely different system guess both ends. It's a completely different system. I think that bud has been known to take his players, uh, forces players to be more accountable. I think that last year the, uh, you know, there's a contract situation that is uh different now you know Bledsoe knows for sure that he's going to be in Milwaukee he signed that extension for a lot of Mm -hmm. money I think his mind might be in a different place and I'm not saying that everything that happened last year should be thrown out the window but I am a little skeptical skeptical regarding how much it it really matters um so I think Bledsoe is for real I think that for them to win a championship i think he needs to play at a very high level on both ends for them to win this series i don't necessarily think that he needs to be averaging 19 and and 8 or whatever i think that his job in this series is to make kyrie inefficient and that is possible but i think it is it's obviously very very difficult
0: for sure and i even if he does play better which he should like Kyrie, like you said, it's just he's a different animal, like, and he's got more better weapons around him than, um, not, I guess not ever in his career, but obviously in any time. These <laughs> Kyrie, what I was trying to think, like, like lineup wise, I'm just trying to think like the the Celtics peak lineup. He played with LeBron. I don't know, not LeBron. I know, but I'm saying like five guys. Okay, like, obviously, like I'm not saying like the next best player. I'm saying like the four most talented offensive players around him? Like, would you take, but Hey, they're not there. Cause Hayward's not at that level. Like no, I'll have still the potential t- to be down the road. I'll still take, uh, like love
1: LeBron Jr. And then who else was the fifth? Probably like Tristan, maybe whoever. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. That's pretty damn. Take that. that's, oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they want to take That's a pretty so damn to, good line. It's hard to argue with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but for these two teams matching up, like obviously Kyrie has much more talent than he did last year when he thought blood. Sure. How
1: much? In a real quick little before we get to number three. A real quick Kyrie question for you that just sprung off the top of my head. What is the over/under in terms of points per game that Kyrie needs to average if they are to win this series?
0: Um, I don't think it has to be anything crazy. I think twenty-four. Really, yeah, I think I think it'll be a good sign because I think that I think it's going to be. I don't think Kyrie is going to win or lose the Celtics this series of his offense because I don't think the Bucks are going to let him let him beat them. I think they're going to make other guys in the Celtics beat them. So, and Kyrie was very good at deferring when he should have when double teams came in the first round, and I expect that to. To continue here, so I don't think he, I think he'll have a couple of crazy games um, scoring wise, but I don't think that he's gonna. They need him to score like thirty or thirty something to to win this series. One
1: more Kyrie aside, because I I I'm an idiot and my brain is <laughs> my brain my brain is just rolling right now. Uh, tied to my last question, you just said that Kyrie would probably have to have a couple crazy games, but only average twenty four. Yeah. Dame Lillard scored 50 the other night in one of the best playoff games I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Would you, this is unrelated to this series, but would you trade if the Blazers called right now, they would never, ever, ever, ever ever do this. But if the Blazers called right now and said, we want Kyrie, we'll give you Dame Lillard. If you're the Celtics, what would you do? Is Dame better than Kyrie is basically. Is Dame
0: better than Kyrie? Like, no, but it's, it's a, it's interesting. It's a it's a question. Oh, you say no? Wow, I I'd, I'd like because like Kyrie's got I know Kyrie won with LeBron next to him, but like Dame, Dame like for as impressive as that was, like the Thunder are a relative dumpster fire in my mind hmm. of terms of like for playoff teams, and Kyrie has done it against like the Warriors, the very best, in the Warriors, and obviously many other teams. Dame has obviously playing in the West would, if you switch spots, could Dame do the same thing? Absolutely. Um, But I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily give up the guy that I know definitely can.
1: I think, what do you think? think? I sent a text to a buddy of mine who asked this exact question to me the day before the 50 point game. And I said that I thought Kyrie was point zero one percent better. And now I'm I don't I don't <laughs> think that anymore. I think that was that was such a not to get on a tangent. That was just such a I don't know how many guys could have that type of game. I really no, don't I mean
0: think. that was unbelievable. That was an unbelievable performance. And the uh, He's also yeah, just like, he's cooler.
1: He's the coolest guy in the league. He's so... <laughs> I want to buy Dame shoes. I would rather have Dame shoes than Kyrie shoes.
0: I respect okay. that.
1: So we can move on. <laughs> um, number three on my list of most important slash best players in the series. Semi, I think this is a semi-controversial one that can be debated for sure. Uh, I have Al Horford. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely leaning more towards most important than best because uh, Al Horford is probably not a better player, one could argue, than Chris Middleton. But uh, I think that, you know, the way Al unlocks so much for this team at the five, we see it time and time again. Uh, Those high pick and rolls with Kyrie that I, I talk about in my sleep, basically, um, like you have to, if you're Lopez, the another, like the reason why you can't drop is not just because Kyrie can hit the pull up, but Kyrie can just easily drop it back to Horford on the pop. And Horford, like, I think Horford making his threes over 40% the Celtics win this series going away. I don't know if he's going to do that, but they need him to shoot like he did against the wizards. A couple of years ago. Like, they need him to
0: really right. tilt the off- yeah, he offensive has to go possessions nuts. in their favor. He has to be efficient as hell when he does shoot. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you, because I think Horford's impact on defense, like, Middleton's not a good defender, in my mind. Like, he's, I don't know, like, we talked about but earlier, he's been benched at times this year for, randomly, for effort stuff. And, yep. like, he just, his rotations aren't sharp. Like, I, you know, he's got lengthy, like, when he's engaged, he's good. But I think he is prone the to lapses there and you're not getting that foul, obviously. So, like, that's that's a pretty clear 3-4 for me with Horford 3 and Billton 4. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Milton, Toby, and it's, I don't know if we want to spend too much time on it. We're, we've got uh, a, a lot of ground to cover and a few minutes left here. <laughs> but it's... We could, I mean, honestly, we could have met, like, three different podcasts on this series and still, like, not covered everything. No. So that's, like... But who's your... Who do you want to card, guard Middleton the most in this series? Who do you think Brad Stevens is going to trust the most? Like, Jalen or I think it Gordon? I
1: think it's Jalen. Uh, I think Bogdanovich was a good little tune-up, appetizer, whatever, for this matchup. Mm-hmm. Chris Middleton is extremely good. Loves isolating can get basically any shot off he wants still super underrated despite playing in the all-star game and by the way playing extremely well in the all-star game like he wasn't it wasn't just one of those i'm happy to be here situations like i think he this is a big coming out series for him on a national level in terms of i am here and i am worth a max contract which is what he's playing for and, uh, yeah, so I would have Jalen on him. I think Jalen is – is Jalen the best perimeter defender on the team right now because of – with Marcus Smart out?
0: It's – it depends on the game, like – Ringing endorsement. ring. And, like I know, like, but he's, he was more good than bad, obviously. I think – but it's it's a problem in the sense that, like, Gorin was very good at times, too, and Terry – I mean, he's not going to be guarding Middleton, obviously, in this series. But in general, his his perimeter defense was very good last series as well. So, you know, you're going to need all those guys on their form. I guess I trust Jalen athletically makes the most sense. I trust Hayward's just like IQ more, defensive IQ more um, for this matchup. But whether he can, you know, stick with, you know, not get into foul trouble and just handle Milton's athleticism will be the the question
1: I like Hayward off ball personally I think he's so smart mm-hmm. anticipating what the offense wants to do on the second side as opposed to f- forcing him to exert energy on the ball as much as if that makes sense I just I think he reads the game really well and not that he's not physically there and physically capable but i'm more comfortable when he is especially if the uh, if jalen is the other player here that we're talking about i think that as a help defender i like i like gordon Gordon. making the rotations better
0: that's a good point because that's maybe you you put you know you can you put gordon on the weakest shooter so he can just be smart about his help and help with Giannis more um whenever it's appropriate so i like that that's a it would surprise me to see that one bit. Um, let's round out our... So, we are in agreement on the top four. Yes. Your number five is Eric Bledsoe, which I am not going to put that high. I think um, I'll take Jason Tatum over him at number five. Um, okay, go. I, th- I
1: want you to talk about Tatum.
0: I mean, just watching Tatum tape, Tatum's going to be a problem for the Bucks. Like... He was a problem all series, all season long. He was a problem last postseason, and I'm not sure who the heck they put on him in this series, because I don't think Middleton can guard him appropriately. And who else is? I mean, Tony Snell is a solid defender, but he's obviously coming back from an injury and might be taking a back seat in the series if he's gonna, if they're gonna, if Bud's gonna roll Sterling Brown, and Connaughton over him. So, like, yeah, like. Who's guarding who's guarding Jason Tatum in this series, if you're the Bucks, and is he going to slow him down?
1: Damn, that's a really good question.
0: Like that's kind of an underrated um, plot of this, I feel like.
1: I think that Tatum is so real quick, another stat that I saw when I was just looking at the ISO numbers and how often the Celtics are isolating and as a team, which is twice as often as they have in the regular season, second most only to the Houston Rockets so far. Uh, Tatum is the least efficient ISO player in the postseason, um, I th- and he was not good in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So my fear there is that you know if you were turning to him too much a little bit, then thinking that you have a mismatch. I I love Tatum very much. I think that there's the fear that. You know he could. I don't want to say shoot you out of the game, but you take bad waste shots. Waste possessions. Waste possessions. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's my that that would be my fear. I do agree that he is a matchup problem, and if he has it going, then yeah, then this offense just. Go, I mean, generally speaking, the offense goes up to another level, and it's almost impossible to stop. Right.
0: So, and it's like you can't. The Bucks are going to be distracted with the Kyrie Horford two-man game. So, like, Tatum is going to be, not an afterthought, but, like, I think it's going to be... He, I agree with you. You don't want to ISO him, but it's, like, you want to run actions where he takes advantage of a defense that's worried about Kyrie first. So he slips back to around Middleton or, you know, sets the initial screen and then, you know, gets a screen set for him to give him some daylight, like... But I just don't see... I mean, the Bucks. Defensively, don't have really many impressive wing defenders. I feel like I mean Connaughton's too small to guard him. I mean Sterling. Why wouldn't
1: why why wouldn't they put uh, Giannis on him?
0: I mean they could, but then I feel like uh, again, I guess it depends on who starts. That's a that's an option. Like
1: because if if Giannis is just like his mentality is, I'm going to. You know, I'm going to attack, 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 attack. And then on the other end, I'm going to lock this guy down and take away, you know, it's like the Bill Belichick strategy. I'm just going to take away, and it's also like what the Spurs used to do with Kawhi. I'm going to take away the second option. Yep. And I'm going to let the first option eat slash go up against help. Yep. But I'm going to take care of this. So... I think that could be an interesting strategy if you're bud. I don't know if they respect Tatum enough to to actually give him that treatment though.
0: Right, and that if you I if you pull Giannis out of the paint onto Tatum, like I think a, the Celtics could get sneaky and do some work on the offensive glass in the series because the Bucks rebounding is very good, but it's like almost all Giannis getting those boards. And they don't really have many good rebounders after him, including so, Lopez. So, like, that could be, mm. that's a, again, the push and pull of like, you want Giannis guarding someone on the perimeter? Okay, he's out of the paint there. And, and then what are you giving up? Um, is that, does that play in the I don't know. Like, it's a, again, just going to be a fascinating chess match. So, these.
1: you bring up a really good point there, which is, do you crash the offensive glass versus a team that has Giannis Antetokounmpo on it? Right, <laughs> and because all you know, if you look at any of the transition numbers on on CleaningTheGlass the Bucks are a juggernaut in transition when Giannis is on the floor, mm-hmm. and so I personally would be very weary of sending even two, and I don't think, especially when they're big, they definitely won't when they're big. No, no, I mean it's
0: sure. only it's honestly it's like Baines. It's like that's what Baines will be in the game for when he's in. The I would game. like
1: send Kyrie. Yeah, that's like that's maybe it or Terry. Sure, right, exactly. Um, but that is that. I think that is. We probably should have spent a little more time talking about this, but we don't have time because <laughs> we can't cover everything. But the I think the push and pull with crashing the offensive yeah. glass versus getting back in transition is is uh, <clears throat> that's an interesting question for the Celtics.
0: It really is. So, oh, number one and Yogi fan. You think so too? Yeah. Um, I think that. Well, so I'll put Bledsoe. Honestly, I think I'm put him at seven. So, as far as my top ten goes, so why don't you round up? Why don't you list list here the rest of your top ten? And we can do a hodgepodge of any uh, quibbles there.
1: Okay, so Bledsoe is five for me. Uh, six is Gordon. Seven is Tatum. I went back and forth on those two. I, I, I don't think that Hayward is... I Actually, I don't even know, to be honest. I Ask me every five minutes. I'll have a different answer for you. Um, next, I have uh, Brooke Lopez, who we've already discussed ad nauseum. Uh, then I have Jalen. And then I have DJ Wilson. And that's... I mean, I already oh. talked about why I think DJ is a very weirdly important player in the series who we could be seeing a lot of. Uh, But that, yeah, so that's my top 10. And I left, uh, you know, there's obviously no Terry Rogier here who has been a, we've discussed him as an X-Factor in the past quite a bit. Uh, I think you and I are less high on him than Rich, but he's not on this list. But so is there anyone I didn't mention that you think should be on there?
0: Uh, yeah, I believe Malcolm Brogdon should be on there.
1: Ah, uh, yes, I did not have him on there because I am very, I am f- very uh I'm pessimistic towards his chances of impacting the series, which I guess is why you have him on. Here, right, would be my guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just think that he's a a real game changer, which, with from an offense perspective. So I would honestly like I would be I'm not gonna, but I would consider putting him above Bledsoe in terms of importance for this again, this specific series. Bledsoe's the better player obviously, but I think just Brogden does things that give this other, all sorts of trouble. So I'll go Tatum 5, Hayward 6, uh, Bledsoe 7, uh, Brogdon 8, Jalen 9, and then you know what? I'm going Marcus Morris 10. Because I think, I don't Not think, I don't think Brook Lopez, when all said and done, I don't think he's going to be on the floor in this series as much as Marcus Morris is. I think the Celtics are going to force the hand here, of the Bucks, when all said and done on that front, and that's going to, again, put the importance on the, the stretch force that can defend the perimeter, and Morris, this is what they got him for, he should be that, you know, one of those guys. And I don't think, I don't know if he's going to be in there in crutch time, but, um, Oh Lord, help us. <laughs> but if Jalen's cold or if Jalen's facing out, then like, that's your, that's your next best option. Unless Terry is on a roll. It's going to be interesting choices for Brad.
1: Yeah. All right. So before we go, do you have some, do you have lightning round questions ready?
0: I do, but I think we covered honestly, we did a good job of covering the questions. Like I was gonna it was gonna be things like is Baines how many minutes does Baines play in this series, or you know, who's guarding who? And we covered a lot of I guess the one thing I'll throw at you for a lightning round one is where where do you put Kyrie in this series defensively? I don't think we talked about that a lot. He's gonna have a target on his back. Do you try to keep him on Bledsoe and try to hide someone else on Sterling Brown in order to have them help on uh, Giannis more? Or do you try to put Kyrie there?
1: I would not mind Kyrie starting on Bledsoe. I don't know if... The thing is, I don't know. I, I don't think that the, 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 the strategy against the Pacers works here for personnel reasons, you know, where Tatum guards the point guard and you hide Kyrie up on off the ball. But maybe it will. I don't know. Probably not. Um, I think I'd, I'd, I'd just start with Kyrie on Blitzo and see what happens and tell him to work his ass off and, like, fight fight over screens or even the strategy might even be just to duck under and, and cut him off, cut off the drives and try to fight to contest as much as possible. It's so funny, though, when you watch... In the first round, you had the, in the Piston series, um, and the Bucks. A lot of guys bite on Bledsoe's pump fake, which I don't, I don't understand at right. all. But and I don't think the Celtics will do that, and that kind of takes away a good chunk of how he can beat you. So I think that Kyrie could do a pretty decent job. All
0: right, and then lightning round on Kyrie. It's amazing that we spent no time talking about the future of the franchise Good. based on the series, which is <laughs> again tells you how compelling the series is. But what what needs to be ha- what needs to happen this series for you to feel comfortable with Kyrie going forward uh, in Boston?
1: It at least going
0: six. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't unless they win
0: before that. Right. <laughs> Um Southern five would be a problem but six yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I don't again I it's I don't know how much any of this matters to be honest with you. Mm. Like Kyrie obviously wants to be in a competitive situation as the guy. As the guy. I think that's kind of clear and I, I think that this is still the best I don't know what situation is better for him. If that is what he wants, maybe that's not what he wants. Um, making the most possible money. So I don't, I don't know. I, I like they could if they get swept. I would be pretty pessimistic about him returning. But if they are competitive and losing yeah, six, six or seven, six games like that's. I think that he there's a lot of reasons why like if they go down and Gordon craps the bed. I think that that could factor into Kyrie's. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could tilt it a little bit. That could be in the back of his head when he's finalizing his decision. But if they go down and everyone plays well, which is definitely possible, um, I, don't, I don't know why he wouldn't stay. I still I still think he's going to stay.
0: Or if the young guys stink, then you can be like, okay, we're going to trade him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, last last lighting around question. Does Marcus Smart play in this series? And does he, does it make an impact?
1: No, he does not play. But I think that he has some weird moments similar to Yusuf Nurkic. I don't know if you saw the game five, but at the very end of that game with like eight minutes to go, Yusuf Nurkic like showed up on the bench, Mm -hmm. Portland's bench, and they put him on the uh, Jumbotron and the place like went bananas and like uh, the Blazers immediately went on a run uh, and eventually tied and won the game. So uh, I could see Marcus, like it's not as serious of an injury and he'll he'll like, he's not going to like be at home and then show up. So he'll like be on the bench the whole time. So obviously the parallels aren't really aligning, but I don't think he plays. I think he does play in the next round if they advance, um, but I don't think he plays in this round.
0: So you're going to have to get Edelman in the building to chugging exactly. beers. I think that's going to be I yeah. a... I don't think you're going to hear a lot of letter pop in the garden than that.
1: So, so should we close with a uh, prediction?
0: Yeah. Um, I'll have to say after watching the film, it's again, I like the series for the Celtics. Just if you asked me at the start of the year, I think this would have been preferable for them over there versus the Raptors. And I'm, Sticking with that, so I just think again, I might be taking the bait from the first round, but I think they perf- there are more mismatches that they give the Bucks than the Bucks than that oversees supersedes the Giannis problems. So I'm going Celtics in six.
1: I have the exact same thing, and uh, it's a tough one. I I want to say Celtics in seven, but. The say no. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I I don't think that going into Milwaukee, um, I don't know how winnable that game would be late in a series where these two, the two teams really know each other and every everything's all figured out and it's just like mano a mano. But ask Kyrie Irving then, about that. Yeah, no, I was about to say. Then again, when you have Kyrie on your team, it's anything's possible, as as the great KG once said. So I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna play it, quote unquote, safe and and go Celtics and
0: six. Um, Rich didn't fit in his official pick, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Celtics and five for him. Because he is a, not a Bucks fan. He's not a Bucks fan, so I think no. we're gonna. He's d- a Bucks skeptic, right? So he will probably be happy listening to this podcast, um, scouting from afar. Um, but we will be back, with you guys. After game one, to react to a nice... Love these matinees, Mike. Love these one o'clock starts for viewing purposes.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be on a train, actually, back from a wedding, which is just fantastic. So hopefully there's good wifi, Good Wi-Fi
0: and... on that train, hopefully.
1: Yeah.
0: Amtrak? What's the... Yeah, Amtrak. All right.
1: I'm very skeptical, so I'll be probably watching it when I get home.
0: All right, well, I hope it's a nice... I hope the wedding's worth it. <laughs> but but yeah, we'll be back with you guys with all sorts of reaction after it, uh, things get started in Milwaukee. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate us, review us. Um, if you're a new listener or want to just help out the podcast, we appreciate it. Give us a follow at winning plays pod as well. And, um, enjoy the series and we'll look forward to reacting next week.